0: We're going to continue to worship the Lord with our giving. We're going to uh, i just have a scripture I want to read over uh, our tithes and our offerings and just pray a blessing over them. And sometimes I'll do a little exhortation of uh, the scripture that I'm giving, but I felt like I should read the portion of scripture in Malachi 3 and give no exhortation because it in and of itself is the exhortation because it's a wonderful scripture that God has given us. So let me read this uh, over us and then we will pray says, will a man rob God? And everybody got silent. <laughs> yeah, you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Uh-oh, look out. So what do we do? We bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. A challenge from the Lord. Oh, I'm not, I'm not doing exhortation. Okay. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Well, we always stop at verse 10. But you will re- he's, he's going to do this. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we, Lord, we just come before you. We praise you and honor you and glorify you with our tithes, our offerings. Every gift, every giver, Father God, we just give it to you. We thank you, Lord, for the promises you have in the Bible, Father God. We thank you for those promises. That there's not enough room to receive all of the blessing, Father God. So much room that we need, Father God, because of the blessing that's coming from you, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that not only do you fill our storehouses, Lord to overflowing, Lord, but you rebuke the devourer. You take care of that enemy for us, and we just thank you for it. And Father, as we listen to the word that you have for us today, Lord, that our ears would be open, that our eyes would see, Father God, what you have for us. In your precious name we pray, amen? amen? Amen. Okay, we are in the middle of a series that we've been doing. It's called The Believer's Authority, and the Lord really just, he really put on my heart to really spend some time on this subject. We're going to do it for a couple weeks. And there's a lot of books written about this. There's a lot of great books you can go out and, and grab uh, by a lot of great authors and great theologians. And most of them say, and I think maybe one of them says the believer's authority, but they say the authority of the believer. And for me, that was the original title of this message, the authority of the believer. But I changed it to the believer's authority. And the reason why is I wanted us to all understand that it's something that we possess. That's a possessive case. That apostrophe S means it belongs to us. It belongs to us. It's an authority that we have because we are a believer. It's this possessive case that we get to have it. We get to use it. And we get to utilize it. And I had mentioned this before, that as as I've been praying about this, the Lord continues, like even this week, continues to press upon me, stop praying for things in which I've already given you the authority to deal with in the spiritual realm. And I'm just, and I've been praying like, okay, so let me give you a good example here. So over the past couple years, actually, I have dealt with sleep apnea, and the Lord, I mean, it, was, it, it comes and it goes. And you know what sleep apnea is? It's like when you lose your breath while you're sleeping. And I, I was just like, what the heck is going on here? And I kept losing my breath during, while I was sleeping. And this, this Tuesday night or Wednesday night, I don't remember, Pastor Andy, I messaged you about this. I woke up completely out of breath, and I actually threw up. It's like my body responded or reacted to not breathing for a period of time. And there's a lot of different reasons for sleep apnea, right? Okay, there's a lot of different reasons. You can research it. There's many different reasons. And I was like, Lord, what is the reason? And I'm praying, Lord, will you please take this sleep apnea away from me? Lord, will you please do this? Lord, will you please do this? And he's like, so, Jason, my son, what is the series that you're doing on Sunday morning? And I was like, well, it's the, it's the believer's authority, and it says, what have I told you through that? Is that I have, because I'm a believer, I have all power in the name of Jesus over the enemy and any works of the enemy. And this was not a physical issue of mine. It was a, it was a demonic thing trying to come on me and trying to take my breath. And I said, no, in Jesus' name. No more in Jesus' name. And I opened up my my phone, I got my Google app open, and I said, Lord, show me all, I didn't say Lord, I said, show me all the scriptures regarding breathing in my breath. And I read them one after another after another. And before I went to bed that next night, I began to read those scriptures and say, In the name of Jesus, I stand on the word of God, and my breath is going to be perfectly fine. I am going to sleep perfectly well. And sleep apnea has nothing to do with me, and it has to go in Jesus' name. And I can, I can tell you, I have not had any sleep apnea since then. But Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But let me tell you, that it's a, we, we have to stand diligently and constantly fight that battle. Because you think, well, that, that demon, flew, you know, he had to flee. You don't think he's trying to come back. He was trying to have another way to get to me and sleeping and challenges with that. In fact, even my, even my son has had challenges sleeping. We will quote a scripture out of, out of Psalms every night together. I said, I said, Jai, buddy, come here. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord... Make me dwell in safety. Amen. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. So I'm doing that for him. I'm like, hey, <laughs> this time we got to do that for me. The enemy is coming after me. And so this whole series, I really feel like the Lord is just calling us up and out of us kind of in these, these prayers of begging God. Come on, right? Have we, we've all been there. Look, guys, I've been there and done that. Oh, Lord, will you please? Oh, Lord, will you please? And we begin begging God. And, the, and God's saying, there's a lot of things that you're begging me for that you already have the authority in my name to take care of. Amen. And so we're walking through this series. And I want to I read kind of our key verse here. And then I want to get into something. Uh, we're not going to go through each one of them just yet. We'll probably start that next week. Mark 16, verse 17, is the key scripture in this series. And it says this. And these signs, these signs will follow those who believe. So he's about, Jesus is about to list several things that should be, if you are a believer, if you've made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, that in his name, these are the signs that should be following you. Like when you think of something that's following you, like it's coming with you, right? If something is, when my kids are following me, it's like I stop and they bump into me, right? You ever do that? You start walking, you stop, boom, and they hit you. You go a little faster, you stop, and then they really hit you. Like, oh, like what are you doing behind me all the time? Well, they're following me. Everywhere that I turn, everywhere that I go, they're following me. And this is what God is Jesus is saying to us. These signs, the ones that we're about to list, are following those who believe. Which means if these are not activated in our lives and we are not seeing these on a regular basis because it's following you, doesn't mean you have to, like, go knock on the door and go find it. It's actually following you. We have an opportunity to do and see these things. There's five things we get to see as believers in our lives on a daily basis. I'm like, yes. I want some of that. I want some of that. And here's the first one. In my name. In the name of Jesus. This is Jesus. He's saying, in my name, they will cast out demons. These signs will follow those that believe. Amen. How many of you have been casting out demons this week? I'm not raising my hand. I, I mean, I didn't cast, well, actually, I did. Hallelujah. <laughs> my sleep a demon got to go in Jesus' name. But, how, I mean, it's like we, it's, we have to remember and realize that this is a challenge. Demons are real, guys. I'm not going into demonology and angelology and doing any series on that. But I'm telling you, the Bible says it's real. It is real. It didn't go away when Jesus rose from the dead. When Jesus ascended to the Father's right hand, demons didn't just disappear off the face of the earth. So if these were as real then, they're as real as they were now as they were then. And these are the signs that should follow us. And we'll do a whole whole Sunday on how to cast out a demon. So it's okay be like, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do that? We're going to get there. We're going to do that. In my name, they will cast them out. They'll throw them out. They got to go. And they will speak with new tongues. Verse 18, they will take up serpents. And to us, we talked about this last week, it's kind of a natural danger in this world that God gives us a supernatural protection over. And if they drink anything deadly, which means accidental danger, It will by no means hurt them. Come on, guys. By no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And to me, as a a faith church, I feel like we operate mostly in that last one. But that's the fifth of the five. There's four others we can operate in on a daily basis. So what is is a believer? A believer, we have a definition we've been using. I'll just uh, brief it real quick. Anyone who holds a strong... And we added this last week, unwavering, unwavering belief in the truth of something. What does it mean to be unwavering? It means to be firm and steadfast. You are not a believer if you're getting tossed around to and fro and getting knocked over back and forth. If, whatever it is, if it's in that something, you're not believing in that. But when you have, how many of you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and nothing can move you from that? You are unwavering belief in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, and you're going to heaven when you leave this earth. You're unwavering in that. What I'm here to tell you is that the Bible has other things that we can be unwavering in and walk with that same certainty in life. And we're going to talk about those things. So what is authority? Authority is delegated power, the right to command and to enforce obedience. And a good example, physical example of this is like, you know, if a police officer walks into the middle of an intersection and just kind of goes like this, what what do you do? You stop, right? It's not like, well, I need to do some research and find out what authority he has and who gave him the authority, and I don't really know if I believe in the mayor and everything the mayor stands for. And so because I don't really believe in the mayor, I didn't vote for this mayor, so I don't know why this mayor is even in office, I think I'm just going to drive right past that cop. Nobody. I mean, come on, guys. It's like the authority that that police officer has. You stop. Come on, you stop. Right? And that's this is this authority is this delegated power. The cop doesn't have to jump up and down. He doesn't have to scream and yell. Everybody stop. You ever see? I mean, the cop they kind of walk into the middle of the sec in in intersections. Mm, Hmm. That's it. I'm in charge. We're stop. And in our own lives as believers. We can walk into the intersection of our life and the things that are going around us will say, "Mm mm-mm. Yeah, stop. Because of the authority. We have delegated power from God. From the Lord of hosts, God Almighty, the one who created the whole universe. We have that power because of his name, because of who he is. It's a delegated power that he gave us. So what is this power? It's the ability to act or produce it's strength hallelujah and so what I want to spend a little bit of time and I may have to do this in two weeks is what I want to teach you this morning that in the name of Jesus when we use that phrase when we say in the name of Jesus it's not a fancy formula that magically gets us everything that we want come on church I've been there. I've been there. Like, you know, there's certain things happening. Like, you know, there's a dog barking far away, and it's annoying the heck out of me, and it's 11 o'clock. And in the name of Jesus, I tell this dog to stop, and the dog doesn't stop barking. And, like, my whole faith world just unravels. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I thought I said I have command over the animals, but I commanded this dog to stop barking, and it didn't stop barking. Oh, my gosh. What am I supposed to do? And I believe like the Lord has given me, there's seven things that when we begin to use the name of Jesus, when we begin to speak the name of Jesus over a situation, there are seven questions that we have to ask when it seems, capital letters, seems like nothing happened in the physical realm. Because this, guys, how many of you through situations, through life, through people who have been sick in your life, that you said, in the name of Jesus, I tell this to stop, and it didn't stop right away. And you're like, what? Why? Why? What is going on? What is going on? The Bible says, I can use in the name of Jesus, and, and something didn't happen right away. And that's why I said when it seems like nothing happened. Cuz I can tell you something that when we use the name of Jesus and when we speak the name of Jesus, it is working in the in the spiritual realm. God is moving in the spiritual realm, but there're sometimes, how many of you know, the problem in which you have in which you spoke the name of Jesus doesn't get fixed right away. Come on. Chucky. Come on. It was like wh- wh- And we're all standing there saying, in the name of Jesus, but something didn't happen right away. Not everybody who yelled Jesus when their car was out of control didn't actually get into an accident. Why? What is going on? And so here are these seven things the Lord has just put on my heart that I want to teach you guys on. And really, the question is, is I want you to be able to say no to all of these questions. Okay? Remember that as we go through. So the very first question we have to ask ourselves when we're doing this is, does it go against the word of God? Come on. You can, in the name of Jesus, all kinds of things. But if it is not in the word of God, if it's not backed by a scriptural promise that is all throughout the Bible, you can, in the name of Jesus, until you're blue in the face and ain't nothing going to happen. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to have a million dollars in my bank account tomorrow. Hallelujah. Show me the scripture in which it says Pastor Jason will have a million dollars in his bank account on October 31st, 2022. You can, so you can't in the name of Jesus something that isn't in the word of God. Because God can't go against his name, he can't operate outside of his word of God. His word is truth, it's complete, it's whole. And so when you use in the name of Jesus against anything, you have to make sure that there's a lineup in the word of God of scripture to support it. And I would encourage you, church, that don't just find one scripture. Because you can find a scripture and take it out of context all by itself oh so easily. What did Satan tempt Jesus with? He used scripture. So, guys, careful. Be careful. Know the word. Understand it. And Google the whole, all the breathing scriptures. Like I don't just want one breathing scripture, I want every breathing scripture. I want to know from the front of the book to the back of the book and how this promise is weaved in through the entire word of God. Not just sitting out here, but I want to see what God was doing from the beginning until today and that promise because I'm a child of God and because I am in the house of Abraham and I want to understand what that means and that blessing means for me. We can't just, you know, just pick stuff out of the blue. And say, in the name of Jesus, my boss is going to be fired tomorrow. I'm so sick and tired of working for this person. They've got to go in Jesus' name. The next day, they're still there. What? And then you do it the next day. In the name of Jesus, we want this boss out of here in Jesus' name. And you're like, well, show me the scripture that says that you can cast your boss out of the job. And you start looking, you're like, okay, let me go find the scripture. And maybe, okay, here's a scripture about my boss. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, for supplications, prayers, intercessions, being thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that they may lead a quiet and peaceable life. No, I can't in the name of Jesus cast my boss out. I gotta pray for him. Oh my gosh. That's the word of God. And so when we use the name of Jesus, when we use it, it has, you have to find the scriptural backing of it. It's not just a want or a desire. I want a lot of things, but God promises me not the things I want, but the things that I need. He says, don't worry about the rest of the stuff. And so when we use the name of Jesus... We have to make sure, first of all, we have to ask ourselves, I did not see anything happen when I used the name of Jesus. What's going on? You have to first ask that question. Does it go against the word of God? got to ask yourself that. And if you say, well, no, it does. It goes. It's perfectly aligned with the word of God. That's a no. Then you say, Pastor Jason, what's the next question I have to ask? And you say, here's the next question. Is there... Put this one up. Is coming? Is it coming? Is there doubt and unbelief present in my heart? And you're like, oh. Is there doubt and unbelief present in my heart? We talked about being that double minded man. Look at this in James 1 6. But let him ask in faith, in be- it's the believer's authority. It's not the, you know, the, I'm not quite sure authority. I don't really know, I'm not quite certain authority. No, it's the believers, unwavering belief. That's the authority we're talking about. But let them ask in faith with no doubting, no doubts, nothing, zero, zip, zilch, no doubting. Guys, that is hard to do. Come on, church, I'm just saying for real. It is hard. To have completely and zero doubt about something. It is. I come to the Lord, Liz and I we talk about this all the time. We come to the Lord and say, Lord, we need a decision in our life and I have no opinion on the matter. And you know it takes me like five or six days for me saying that I have no opinion on the matter until I finally get to a place where I actually have no opinion on the matter. Because you walk in me and like you know, well, this I want. I need a decision on this, and you know, these are all the reasons in my mind that I know the right decision already, of what to do. And sometimes the Lord and the Holy Spirit is, leads you that way. But if you are uncertain, the Lord constantly tells us, "Have no opinion on the matter." So when He tells you something to go do, you don't have. You can't. You're not going to be double minded. You're not going to be bounced around. The it's crazy what He's telling me to go do. It's completely. Contrary to the word to the world, but completely aligned with the word, and so i 'm going to go do it that's a belief that's a strength and a belief in it. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Think at that and look at that analogy Tossed, have you ever watched you know a movie you know with a perfect storm whatever, you have that movie George Clooney or something uh, I mean. The waves of the sea, think about that, they are being tossed and thrown this way and that way and all over the place. And this is what the God's saying is when we have this doubt and this unbelief, we're just getting tossed around, which means when there's a circumstance that comes against what we have already said in the name of Jesus, this is what, based on scripture, this is what's going to happen when we have even a little bit of circumstance that is contrary to what we're speaking and believing, we're like all over the place. Come on, me included. The doctor's report that came. The boss that keeps showing up every day. You're like, whoa! This is not, this is not God's best for me. What's going on? And there are these issues that come to life, but when the, God is saying, is there any doubt and unbelief present in my heart? You have to ask. You have to reflect on that. You have to get before him in your quiet space, in your silence, in your solitude, and say, Lord, reveal to me in my heart where that doubt and unbelief resides. Where is it, Lord? Because I want it out. You have to. It's like you've got you to get it out. For let not the man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Holy smoke. So if we have doubt and unbelief, we receive nothing from the Lord why we say every week are you sure you're going to heaven and I want everybody to say yes I know for sure I have no doubt there's no wavering in my mind because you can't receive anything from the Lord with this doubt it says he's a double-minded man unstable in all his ways is there doubt and unbelief present in my heart mark eleven twenty two says this so Jesus answered and said to them have faith in God For assuredly I say to you that whoever says to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. And I wrote a little thing in my note. You can't fake it. You can't fake it, church. You can say it and not believe it. You can. Church, you can say it and not believe it. You can't fake it. But believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So when we use the name of Jesus, and we don't see something happen right away, we have to ask ourselves, is it in line with the word of God, number one? But then number two, is there any doubt and unbelief in my heart regarding this? It's not like, and God wants us to ask that question. He wants to dig in and understand. He doesn't want your life to go perfectly easy all the time. Because where in the Bible do you find that? In this world, you will have trouble. Well, that's like a direct statement from Jesus. It's like, you mean I, don't get, I, I can just avoid all trouble all the time and I just walk around and say in the name of Jesus all the time and nothing bad ever happens to me? Hello. not going to That doesn't work. Life doesn't work that way. We live in a fallen world. Now, when Jesus returns... And he sets up heaven on earth and we're, we're living in eternity with him? Absolutely. It's all going to be perfect. It's all going to be great. It says in verse 24, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So we have to ask ourselves, do we really believe? And here's what you can do. They're not written down, but here's what you can do to know if you really believe or not. First thing that I've noticed in my own mind is how many times are you asking for it? How many times are you asking in the name of Jesus for something to happen? And if you find yourself doing it over and over and over and over and over, like it's okay to ask God a couple times for something, but if you are just lamenting and just crying all the time for something, you say, then you have to ask yourself, do I really believe that God is moving and working and dealing in this situation? Or do you really believe? I have say, guys it's not just you it's me too I have situations in my life how many times are you asking and then when you're asking are you begging Jesus says he's going to give us all good things who's going to give a serpent right I mean it, if we're asked for a fish he's not giving us a serpent church you don't have to go to Jesus begging him to move in a situation that's in a line with the word of God so if you're just begging, please, oh, please, oh, please. Look, I've been there. So I'm doing this like, this is like me, okay? I'm, I'm reenacting me. Please, oh, please, oh, please, will you fix the sleep apnea? Please, oh, please, oh, please. Like, when we just, question is, Jason, do you really believe that God is going to move and work and do something in this situation? Yes or no? And then the other thing on a positive side you can kind of reflect on is, are you thanking God for the answer? Are you already thanking God for the answer before you see it in the physical realm? Before you actually see the complete manifestation of the thing that you are praying for, do you see it, yes or no? You are still thanking God for it. You are thanking Him for moving and working. And we sing that song even when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. You have to believe in your heart that he is working. And you begin to thank him already for the answer. Basically, it's our words. You have to reflect on your words. Think about what, check what you're saying, guys. You'll know whether or not you believe when you check your words. You should walk around with a voice memo on all day long and then go back and listen to yourself. You're like, ooh, ooh, oh, oh, did I say that? Man, that's killing me. That's blowing me up. That's terrible. Like the words that we use all throughout the day, we need to be careful and reflect on those words. And what is it? It's a matter of our heart. Out of the, out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks. So we can, re- we can reflect real quick whether or not we believe by looking and hearing ourselves and what are we actually saying. And hold yourself accountable. Ask somebody else. Be like, hey, what am I saying? My wife will do that for me. Whether I ask her or not, most of your spouses will. They'll let you know real fast what you're saying and how you're saying it, and be open to the feedback. Don't get defensive about it. That's me. Like Psh, what? Psh, uh, uh, uh. I never said that. It's like the instant replay commercials. You guys ever see those instant replay commercials where like the dad's screaming at the spider and the son's like, "Dude, dad, you you just screamed at that spider. That was crazy." He's like, "No, I didn't." And there's like you know they throw the red flag like in football they do the instant replay and he gets the headphones on he's watching he's like and you hear this thing go ah it's like man I you're right I did I did scream when I saw that spider we have to be open to that feedback and what people don't get defensive with how we're saying that person's here to help you they're trying to help you we must under life and death are in the power of what our tongue guys. Our tongue. Man, I got a lot more. We're going to end with this last one. Grace, you want to come up? Is there a, here's the next question you have to ask. So you say, no, it's, it's the word of God. It's totally aligned with that. I'm good. Doesn't go against the word of God. We're good. And then you say, I, I've reflected upon this. There's no doubt and unbelief in my heart. Lord, help me if there is. You continue to work on it. Then you say, is there a lack of love and compassion? And this specifically is a good one when we're praying for someone else to see something else happen in their life. If you look at Jesus' ministry, and Pastor Andy did a great, great job on the love that the believer's love, the love of the Father opens up the believer's authority, right? It gives us this, he did a great two-week message on this when we were out of town. It's fantastic. But this is the, this is the question we have to ask. Is there a lack of love and compassion? Because when Jesus moved, And when he prayed for people, there was always compassion. Verse after verse, it said he had compassion, and he had compassion. Look at Matthew 20. So Jesus stood still and called him and said, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. Church, I have a compassion for each and every one of you this morning that your eyes will be opened to these truths. And verse 34 it says, so Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. When Jesus moved, he always moved with compassion. And when we use the name of Jesus and we don't see something and it seems like nothing is happening, we have to ask ourselves, do I have the love of God and the compassion in my heart to see this situation really move. And a lot of times, I'll be honest with you, even as a minister, and it's a long day and we're praying for a lot of people, and I need the Holy Spirit, I need the Lord to stir up the, His compassion for that other person in that situation, in that circumstance. So we have to ask ourselves is there a lack of love and compassion? in our hearts. You have to come back next week for the <laughs> remainder of the of the questions. Cuz I don't want to rush any of them. I don't want to go through all 7 so fast that you just don't you don't have a chance to really think about each and every one of them and reflect on it and ask yourself as we're using the name of Jesus as we're taking our believers authority What might be hindering that power in that name? We know there's power in the name when we speak it. When it seems like something's not happening, there may be a reason for that. And that's why we're asking these questions so we can walk through and understand what is it. Because in every situation that we face, we want the Lord's solution, not our own. The Lord's solution and not our own. Close your eyes and bow your heads with me this morning. Oh, Father. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for the name that is above every other name. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we have authority, this believer's authority to use your name in power, over circumstances and situations in our life. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are moving in this church and in this congregation. Lord, that as we looked at last week, Lord, that when we speak the name of Jesus and we use the Word of God as our basis for it, that we can have the victory over sin, over our thoughts, over fear, over confusion. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we can reflect. And, Lord, we love you because your goal is whole for us. It's not an easy life. It's not quick fixes. Your goal is for wholeness. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that when we use your name, when we use your word and we stand on it, it always comes to pass. It may not come to pass like we thought or hoped or imagined, I know people in here have prayed for loved ones who were sick, and the Lord didn't heal them the way we thought that he was going to heal them. But what we do know is now they are healed. Now they are completely healed, and they're with Jesus, and they're in heaven. And Lord, we don't always understand all the ways that you work and all the things that you do and how it happens, Lord, but we know that we can trust you. And Father, we can use the name of Jesus in our daily lives. And Father, as we ask these questions and we go about our weeks, Lord, learning about this and seeking you in it, Lord, that you would reveal to us the things in our heart that are not aligned with you. Lord, whether there's doubt, whether there's unbelief, whether there's a lack of love or compassion, or whether we're using stuff that isn't based on your word, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. Father, strengthen us this week. Reveal to us your plans and your purposes over our lives. We thank you, Lord. Guys, you want to look up here, I'm going to, I did this last week, I'm going to do it again. I don't think I have a slide up for it. But I want to end each week of this series speaking this over your lives over every situation and circumstance in your life and we are going to speak to the enemy in the name of Jesus this morning and we're going to do it every single week so whatever situation you came in with whatever doubt, whatever unbelief whatever problem, whatever relationship I just want you to close your eyes and picture that thing right now and we're going to take authority in the name of Jesus and we're going to cast Satan out of that situation and out of that circumstance. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. For it is written, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And because you are bound, Satan, you and all your demonic forces may not come against these people, may not come against my family, against their families, may not come against their jobs and their circumstances and their finances. Satan, you are bound away from me. You are bound away from our families. We are covered and cleansed in the blood of Jesus. Satan, I tell you this morning, you may not steal, kill, or destroy us. You may not touch our property in Jesus' name. And Satan, this morning I remind you, which I do every day, that you are defeated, you are defeated, you are defeated, and we are victorious in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. So, Lord, as we go from this place, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you are moving and working. Father, we thank you for the authority that you have blessed us with that is based on your name, based on your power, based on who you are and what you've done. And we give you all the honor and the praise and the glory it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. We have some prayer teams that are going to come up front here. And so if you need prayer for anything at all, You got some? Oh, yeah, uh, one more announcement we forgot. So besides the mighty fine donuts, which none of you forgot about, because you're like, you gave me coffee but didn't give me that donut yet. You promised me a donut. It's out there. It's ready for you. This Wednesday night... At 6 30, we have our prayer and worship night. It's the first Wednesday of every month. I encourage you to come out, just be in the presence of God. I've used uh, Josh's testimony many times. He just came out here and was just like, You know what? I'm tired. It's been a long week. I had a lot of battles. I've used the name of Jesus a lot this week. I'm taking authority and I just want to rest in his presence. And he just spent an hour and a half in, his, in God's presence on a Wednesday night. It's beautiful, it's not loud. I'm not preaching. You don't have to listen to this. You know, it's all good. (laughs) It's all good. So just to come out this coming Wednesday. And then that Saturday, this coming Saturday, is the packing party uh, for OCC. So let me just, prayer team's going to be coming up. Let me just read this benediction over you out of Romans 8. If you need prayer for anything, these guys can pray for you. Whether it be salvation, maybe you never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Maybe you have that doubt and unbelief in your heart and you're not 100% sure where you would go if something would happen to you. Be sure today. Let's eliminate the doubt and unbelief in your heart and come up here and these, they'll pray for you. If you need healing in your life, in your body, physically, they'll pray for you. And they will use the name of Jesus and they will believe and stand with you in faith that God is moving and working and doing a miraculous healing in your body. And anything else you got need prayer for, you can come up. Okay. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. All these things, church. I'm sending you out with this. A truth that you need to understand. And all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. Through him who loved us. For I am persuaded, Paul says, that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. I love you guys. Go grab a donut.